Hi everyone and welcome to episode 235 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always joined by KC. Hello. And he's back after his, well I'd say honeymoon period, but let's be right, he's been at work for most of it. Connie. Hello <laughs> boys, you alright? Yeah, all good mate. Um, It's always nicer when you're coming into one of these after a win, isn't it? Especially two in a week. Yeah. And it might as well have all been, because none of us watched the Southampton game, so it didn't happen. No, no, there, there is still there is still strong arguments for my marriage to be annulled after that game, but still. <laughs> I, I, I mean, th- th- there's only one event that happens during this uh, this run of results that uh, that stops us from picking up points, and it is your wedding. So, oh yeah, uh, I'm completely with you on this one. Yeah. So yeah. There, you, there, there you go, everyone. That's who you can blame for the Southampton defeat. Um, but this was much better. I mean, obviously, we won the Wednesday night game against QPR, but it was also a shit game of football. Like, it was awful. This was much better. Uh, 2-1 win over Bristol City. Um, and the, I suppose one of the main talking points out of it happened before kickoff when they put the team news out and everyone went, huh. Because <laughs> there was about eight ways around it could have been. And... Only if you'd watched the 21s or read about when England under-17s were at the Euros would you have thought, had you guys played like that before? Yeah, I think given um, the, the talk from from Farker was that Byram was uh, was sort of up in the air as to whether he would be involved in this or not and who would be starting at left-back and then to see that Lou Gehling had dropped out um seemed quite odd to everyone but um that's a fair play to him Archie Gray is uh it's as it turns out is the best player in the world and can just play anywhere <laughs> all, all joking aside though he was, he was, he was solid again wasn't he, he didn't he, talking about 17 you know laddie and he just looks so calm and composed whenever he's played and you know he's played in some you know potentially quite volatile games like the Millwall away and he just seems so calm and just composed his yeah good play everywhere. I mean, if I remember rightly I think I think he came away from that game with I think it's like the most tackles and the most duels won yeah in that game as well he did he did really really well there yeah yeah um it was I mean he, he held up really well I thought it was quite interesting it's weird to skip straight to after the game but because we're talking about him uh Bristol City's assistant said after the game that they didn't target him enough, which was weird because their only attacking plan was to hit long balls over the top of Archie Gray. That's what they did all game. The more long and, balls. And in fairness, they played them really well because Archie Gray couldn't intercept any of them and not because he was misjudging them. They were really well-judged balls over the top. But every time they brought it down and then were one-on-one with Gray, Gray just stood up to him and didn't beat them. He never got beat. If, not that I can remember anyway. I can't remember him getting skinned once. No. And I mean that's that's not something I'd realised was as big a strength in his game as it apparently is. Uh he's like one v one defending. So that's um a really good sign. It's probably if Archie Gray is going it's really early days for saying this, but if Archie Gray is that strong at right back, that probably is that for Ailing's hopes of having another year beyond this, Probably because like, it's going to be it's going to be Spence anyway. In theory, 
Yeah. You know, they were probably hoping that last year would be the last year. Yeah. Uh, but makes it, it makes good it to have an experienced head around the squad and stuff at Leicester season and, you know, coming on with five minutes left like he did on this. I mean, I mean, coming away from that, it, it does make you wonder if Byram hadn't made it, if it ends up being Archie Gray at left back. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you you round through that list of the, the options. If it's not him, were were essentially you don't play with a left back, or it's one of Strauch and Cooper. Yeah, um, I, I do think if we'd have been missing a left back, I still think it would have been Strauch and he'd have played Cooper left centre back. Hmm. But I mean, it's always good when a player's that you know shows a bit of versatility and does well in a couple of different positions. That does not mean playing there regularly, keeping him in field. That's where he's best. And then look what happened to Jamie Shackleton. Yeah, he's <laughs> no longer a centre mid. That boy. It's <laughs> always nice that thirty-two-year-old boy. <laughs> um. But uh, actually, Gray aside, I believe he did end up getting man at match, like from the fans. Which, eh, fair enough, he was one of a few candidates. Um, I just thought leads all through the team were like I, I, I wouldn't say this was a game where anyone was absolutely outstanding, but everyone was good. Yeah, and that's enough at the minute when you've got a, unlike last year, the talent differentials in our favour now for most games. And just playing well will be enough. And I think it helped that Bristol City, they weren't gung-ho by any means. They didn't like throw themselves forward all the time. But they did show a little bit more attacking intent than just about every other team that's come to Ellen Road this season. And it just meant there was that little bit more space and that it was just a better game for it. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I probably give them a lot of credit for is in, is in the first half, I thought they were pretty well organised. Um and I think it dropped off in the second half. Um, obviously, the goal will, will sort of, the second goal will will do that as well. But um, you know, I think that's the sort of balance you need to strike if you if you if you come into Ellen Road and looking to take the game to Leeds a little bit, is that you you need that stability uh, in terms of players sticking to their jobs. And I thought they did that fairly well. Um, I know. Ultimately, I think we came away at half time. We don't had the better chances. We missed our best chance, obviously. Um, but that's Leeds, and also we've not conceded directly from a corner for a little while. So you know, that was that was nice to get back to the good old days. Yeah, that's that's something I was going to say over the set pieces. We still uh, looked a bit of a threat from there, obviously. Like you just said, Kurt, it's where equaliser came from. But um, I thought for main though, it's just nice to see that we we seem capable of, of dealing with threats like that now, after so long of just not being able to. Um, I was say to Jack before, and it just seems like there's there's a plan there throughout now, even at the back. They just seem. I know they have the moments where it gets a bit chaotic, but like I say, it won't be leads if not. But um, yeah, Bristol, they, they were compact and they didn't do all particularly wrong, I won't say. They were just, but other than the set pieces, it was just, just like you say, it, just, it played into his hands a bit. But um, I think any team that's got Pearson there as well as manager, you know, you know what you're getting with Pearson, don't you? It's going to be, 
it's rigid and it's just that's going to be it's going to be that in it. But I think that's going to be a case for a lot of games at Ellen Road though this year. Yeah, no, Nigel Pearson sat there with his uh, with his chair straight out of the banqueting suite, which was a uh, was a nice <laughs> touch. Um, it, it's very odd because I'd clearly missed at the st- I'd missed at the start why he was sat in a chair, but the fact like when Naki Wells went down injured, he just seemed to sit there, and it was like watching a Roman emperor just sort of looking over, going, "The next one, please." Just had a Pacheco, no, and then I think I I don't think it was until the second half I found out that oh he's on crutches. Ah, okay, fair enough. Um, I I I only found that it was a week a week or so ago. It might have even been the midweek games. It came up, (laughs) so that's the only reason that I knew. I saw it when I saw it when they were playing when Leicester were playing Bristol. I think it was. It was on the highlight show. and I noticed it then that he was hopping around on a crutch. Oh yeah, they did play him recently because he got like a really good ovation from Leicester. Yeah, and, and I think it went. I think it went Vardy scored that penalty in that length at perch. Yeah, boots um, one of his crutches, I imagine. Yeah, probably it's been a shit. It's been a shit house. As that, usual. Like, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> and he's not Is he going to smash a corner flag? No crutch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, because as you mentioned before, in first half, Leeds had basically all the chances for 48 and a half minutes. Um, and the best one, ball through for Presencio Somerville, who, let's be honest, has a shot with his left foot and scuffs it. And then Jorginho just picks out a wonderful pass to that guy in the middle at South Stand. I mean, it would be difficult to have that level of vision to see that pass, but he he pulled it off. Um, this, is what, this is what £40 million pound gets you in the championship. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I remember speaking to my mum midweek and just going, no, it, honestly, he's brilliant. And I just remember sitting there going, you've made me look like a right dick. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I, I said really nice things about you and, and look what you've done. The thing is, yeah. though, when, when you saw it in real time, you're thinking, fucking hell, how how have you done that? And it, it's harder to do what you've done than hit the back of the frigging net. But then when you saw the replay back and it takes that, but don't get me wrong, it should be it should be scoring it. I'm not saying that, but when you see it's at the bobble that it does, there is an explanation for it yeah. at, at, at least. Yeah, you you can see what happened. Yeah, but I, I do think the main thing is I think he just he thinks he's scored before he's scored, and he just takes yeah. his eye off it. Right. And we've all done it, but <laughs> if you're playing up front at a high level of football, you probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> I I worry about the day when uh, Piro's out for a couple of weeks and it's Bamford and Ruta. He's just thinking between you, come on, one of you, I'll one of you's got to finish these chances. Honestly, honestly right now, if Piro gets injured, it isn't. It's probably still Bamford on bench. Uh, Rutgers up front, Somerville plays 10 and we'll bring in one of the wingers. Yeah. I, I will say one thing though, imagine the work rate if you have Bamford and Rutter up front. They'll run. <laughs> they will run. run. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rutter's miss. It was a weird thing. I, that's how I know that he is properly my favourite player. I didn't even shout at him. Like, no, like, fuck, take your fucking... No, nothing. <laughs> I just literally laughed and went, Oh, I love him, that boy. 
And it shows how much the opinion has turned because no one around me was like mad at him or slating him in the ground. They were all going, that's Rutter for you, isn't it? He'll do something that makes him look like a world beater in five minutes. <laughs> it'll, um, it'll be like those uh, lambs in the episode of The Simpsons where he does that and everyone's like, oh, Pat Bamford does it. Move out the way, you stupid sheep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <good> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing you got to say is it's it's good that he's getting into those sorts of positions at least. Yeah, it was the right movement. Um, that O'Leary and Goldfram made a few good saves. Probably the best one was he got out well to deny. Uh, and it, it, it really is this. So I'm going to have to get you to say it. Peru. Yeah. <laughs> now, nah, mate, um, I, 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 the, Bristol, uh, the Bristol City commentators are calling him Pyro at one point. Oh, well. We like, need us a new Tyro. Now we've got Pyro. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he got out to deny him well, uh, sort of didn't give him any space, closed down the one-on-one. The pass was probably half a yard too long. But uh, one of the saves led to the goal. Uh, it was uh, Peru from distance, hit it really well. Fairly straight at the keeper, but swerving and loads of power. Parries it wide. They have a chance to clear and just don't. Kamara puts him under pressure. Rutter wins it back. Drives it across the box. Somerville goes to sort of hit it, but can't get there. Tries to take a touch. Drops it behind him by accident, Dan James. And in a very un-Dan James way, takes a breath and very calmly finishes. <laughs> Just no panic whatsoever. One of them weird ones where, of course, Somerville gets the assist for that, for miscontrolling the ball. <laughs> well, it's 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 the knock-on effect from Dan James's assist at Millwall. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like you say, very, very nice to see Dan James just calmly inside of the foot putting it back across the keeper into the bottom corner. Um, and, and, and again, the, the reverse of, of, of what I've been saying to my mum about, um, about, about Jorginho, where uh, I've been slating Dan James. And he's made me look like a right dick as well by yeah. doing the right thing and scoring. Yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't a particularly difficult finish, but he, he took it well. And it's first one for the season, which hopefully will help. Uh, he's he he had a pretty solid game, nothing spectacular, right the way through, and that was pretty much Leeds' half. You know, all the way through, looking the better side, creating chances, should probably have more, and then basically the last touch, other than the kickoff of the game, Gardner Hinkman swings in a corner, uh, Cal Naismith completely, I would say completely unmarked. Having seen it back, he was marked just badly, um, the, and just heads it in. The replay I saw, it appeared to be Glenn Kamara who was marking him. Yeah. And there seemed to be something of a size differential between the two. I think there was also a facing the ball and challenging it for it dis- differential as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. There seems, um, seems to be a bit of like back turning and shutting eyes. <laughs> Just, yeah. you know. Ah, my heading style. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, it, it's very odd when you see... I think Sam Byron was the defender nearer the post, and I couldn't help but feel, should you not be marking someone as one of the taller people in this team? Um, but, no. In, in the second half, Farker will shut you up about that comment. Well, yes, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, now, yeah. On, on the subject of Farker shutting people up, one, obviously, there's the, he gave a 13-minute answer about why it's pro 10 and Rutter up front. 
every single person around me not didn't make a shite of difference. They were all still going, why aren't they the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I remember saying to her, look, it's not going to happen. He has spent 13 minutes explaining why it ain't going to happen. Don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, did you see the quote from Farker about that goal just before halftime? No. I was furious. I wanted to throw water bottles, all of that stuff. But that doesn't help. Uh, you have to be calm. The players don't need an overly emotional manager. And that is, if anything, I reckon a shot. Because mm. <laughs> I don't think he said that by accident. I think he is having a go at a certain American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, this is something I really appreciate about about this man just internalizing his rage, um, <laughs> and then being very softly spoken about it afterwards. Um, yes, I, I was furious. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I only do the sons that inside. I have to portray calm. Um, yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's quite nice. What, that this season I've not been particularly worried about us conceding from set pieces um, as opposed to the last three years uh, where every incoming corner has, has led to the fear that even though we weren't playing West Ham, that Suchek was going to bang one in anyway. Yeah, um, I think you could pretty much say every year since, since George Graham left with the exception of the year where we had Bartley and Janssen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Even even like the old Leary years, they, they had a balls up on him, didn't they? From a set piece, you knew they did. It was just, yeah. Um, but no, luckily, it was the sort of game that could have got stressful really quickly. That as you come out of the second half, and they're relatively set and they're looking okay, but we knock the ball around well, keep hold of it, go all the way up the pitch. Gates edge at box, going Kamara into Peru, shifts it onto his left foot, and just low shot through defender's leg. No real power on it, just really well placed. And you know that good, you see a lot of good players doing this. They're able to sort of, I think it's a natural instinct to time the shot as the keeper's moving his body weight. So then when you go back to that side, it's really hard for them to get back across. I think it is an instinct. Harry Kane's really good at it. Um, uh, but yeah, just low into the corner. Not even that far in the corner, to be honest. Just a really good finish for a court. Everyone out of it. And uh, what's that? Five in, what has he played? Nine games? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It, like you were saying about the goal, it it's it's one of those sort of... It, it makes the keeper look worse than they are because it didn't go with a lot of pace. Um. But yeah, just that that slight shift in weight just just makes it so difficult to get down in the opposite direction. Mm. Um, but you just watch him, and 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 obviously there's there's, there's certain games where um, all right, Brownie, calm down. I just say apparently it's eight, <laughs> it's, apparently it's eight matches, not nine. And also you've you'll have seen Bamford score five goals in eight matches. He's got seventeen in the Premier League season. Um, <laughs> You know, it's that thing at the moment of yeah, there's going to be games where we complain that 
Apiru has hasn't done a whole lot, but he can do that and he'll do it on a regular basis. So you kind of just go, ah, yeah, fair enough. If he keeps scoring, I don't really care that he's not legging it around the pitch. No, we we were saying on uh, Wednesday, weren't we, Jack? And because um, yeah, he was shy on Wednesday. Oh, it, it was awful. Like, it, it was, <laughs> there was just nothing there. There were no like urgency to get. Fair enough, he was playing ten, but there were no urgency to even get in and around edge area, you know, for drop down or whatever it might be. There were just. It would have stood there practically in like a 20-yard patch of their half doing fuck all, basically. But um, but it's like you just said, though, it, it, we've had players like this over year, over years, sort of like we can go back to Viduka, we can go back to Asselbank and like even more recent, like a Beckford. You, you don't see them for an hour and you think, what are they actually doing? And then they'll go and bang in two goals or they'll go and bang you a winner and you think, well, it's what we pay you to do. <laughs> yeah, You are paid to score goals. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think him not being involved in a game is really sacrificing anything in yeah. the team. You know, I don't think... I've never looked at it this season anyway when he when he's been a bit quiet where... I've never thought we're, we're trying to play around him or sort of make up for him not being too into it. Um, you know, I, I, so I don't think, or for me anyway, I don't think there's, it, there's been any detriment to, to the team for, for his quieter moments. No. Um, I mean, Leeds should have gone on to have more. Somerville had a really good shot that was tipped onto the woodwork, which was a great save, to be honest. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of, chances late on where if we'd have broke properly the number of times that we broke when they started really chasing the game at the end and had three on two and made a mess of it I mean look I still I love Bamford but he had a couple of moments late on where like there was one way he got played through and just didn't shoot and didn't shoot and didn't shoot and went to square it and it just got cleared there was another one where he had two passes and he waited and waited and waited and then just passed it straight to Bristol City defender in the middle of it he seems to have gone back into that lack of confidence mode again. I mean, yeah. between that and between that and match sharpness, it, it yeah. is going to happen at times. But again, the the running and stuff when he came on was good. We we should have got another one, but luckily it didn't punish us because it nearly did. Because late on, as we're on about with the set pieces, corner comes in, uh, Andy Vyman header, and Sam Byron heads it away off the line. Yeah, and. That was a massive moment. That because if we'd have conceded a second one, you would, you could, you, you know what it's like in Ellen Road. If it had happened again, no chances, no real threat, and then bang, another goal out of nowhere. I think that people would have been really pissed off, and it'd have probably filtered through to the players. Yeah. Um, but no, that by the end of it, it was just a good win against. It's weird because there's a lot of teams that you know. Chef Wednesday and Cardiff, who got draws at Ellen Road. But Bristol City did look better than them by a fair amount. So I think I think that's quite a good win, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they will be... I, I look at them and probably think they'll be competing for sort of fifth or sixth, you know, those last couple of playoff spots. Um, they're still a decent team. I know you're probably looking at Sort of like Wells and and Vyman, who are some of the 
towards the back end of their career now. But Vyman will always score goals in the championship. Um, you know, I think I think they have a solid team, as we as we said last time. I don't think there's any massive standout players in there, but they'll be fine. No, that Harry Cornick looked okay when he came on, and it's weird to see a centre forward with a long throw that isn't Mikel Antonio who used to play right back, so it makes sense. Um, like that. Uh, I was surprised at how quiet uh, Jason Knight was in mid- in midfield for them because he's meant to be, he's quite highly rated, and I didn't really see much. But yeah, they were solid. Yeah. Um, so going into the international break, that puts us fifth, nineteen points from eleven games. Uh, it looks a bit distorted because obviously that that is objectively a good start. Like it, it is. It's thrown off a bit by Leicester having what I believe now is the best start in the history of. Well, it's de- definitely since it became the championship. So I like saw. I saw some um, earlier online, and between them and Ipswich. Since it was, I'd like say, rebranded as the championship, I think Leicester's is the best start, and I think, I believe, Ipswich is, is like fourth. Yeah. So, yeah. Like they've, had a, they've, they've both had unreal stats, so they've, they've ended up with a bit of, like, you know, Leicester are, it's not even that they're two points clear, they are ten points clear of third. Yeah. And Ipswich are eight points clear of third, which is a lot, but there's, I mean, what, what have we played? Eleven games. Eleven games. Thirty-five yeah. games left yet. And it's, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is that, and it'll happen to us. That they'll have a wobble. Every team, even I think even Reading when we got like hundred and six points, even they yeah. did have one bad run. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, that bad run was some draws. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but everyone has a everyone has a wobble, and we'll we'll see around Christmas where they are, but. Right now, like I'd have to say, I I would have snapped your hand off for this points total after eleven games. Yeah, I think we're we're upheaval uh, within the squad, um, and like going into the first couple of games at season, we we had the whole business with Nonto, we had the Sinistera thing rumbling on. Um, yeah, I I think given all of that, then. Yeah, you'd take it. Um, I think if all that had been settled in the summer, well, in the summer before the start of the season, um, I think would be. I think we'd probably have that extra six, nine points ourselves. To be honest, we, I really do. Yeah, I agree because I think if this is sorted before the opening game at season, like we beat Cardiff on opening day, we beat Chef Wednesday, and we yeah. probably don't lose at Birmingham. No, probably not. So yeah. you're probably looking at five or six extra points, but. Yeah. Overall, it's still been pretty good. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, I've just looked and, and cut, and uh, Reading's wobble was three draws in a row. Yeah, as I, say, I think that they were draws. <laughs> they did have one run. Whoever they, <laughs> they, they lost on the opening day of the season, and they didn't lose again until the middle of February. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was their two defeats. Yeah, and, and when you think back, it was like what Kevin Doyle was it? Kevin Doyle, Stephen Hunt, and Noel Hunt. Yeah, Stephen and Nolan were there. Yeah, Shane Long have been there then. Oh, is he? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, they uh, basically just signed like four kids out of the Irish League, and they all did. And they it all was, clicked. It was, it was, uh, turned out to be half decent. Yeah. Oh, and they had, Steve, they had like Steve Sidwell as well. I think. So, Sidwell so your, yeah. your front, your 
four strikers to choose from. Bearing in mind, two of them had come from Cork City. Uh, there was Leroy Lita, Dave Kitson, Kevin Doyle, Shane Long, and a young Simon Cox was uh, come through from the academy as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I quite like that team. To be, I was always a big fan of Dave Kitson. We used to sign him on FMO6 in the Premier League. What, you mean the secret footballer? Yeah. <laughs> it's not him, though. He always says it's not him. <laughs> Guys, why do you keep asking me this? It's yeah. not me. It's not me. How come everyone thinks it's you, then? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's bit, we haven't got loads else to go into, so... Is there because I believe Connie, you had a thing that you uh, had a thought about in the 10 minutes we were waiting for KC. Yeah, now obviously going into international breaks, so uh, it's a time I think to look back and reflect on some of the god awful shy internationals that we've had play for us <laughs> and, and, and earned call ups fucking somehow when they've played for us. and. I've got a few that I can throw out there to you and we can discuss them. Um, if you've got more to add in there, I'm open to suggestions. But if, I, if, I the topic is, if the topic is be shit at Leeds and still get called up for your country, yes. I reckon number one is Brendan Allison. 100%. <laughs> can I just say, I, I, and this is a very Leeds way to look at this, is because we've had some some quality players play for us and do well internationally. Mm. No, let's look at the shit ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It won't be Leeds United if we if we don't look back. I mean, I know obviously we've got the relegation and all that, but you look at where we look at where we are now to where we were ten years ago. It we're light years away from that now. So I think I think it's still acceptable to look back and and some of these players that they, they were just fucking no opers. You know, it wasn't just that they were. A bit crap when they played at Leeds. You just watch some of them and think, "How are you a professional footballer?" And you know, I'm going to put one out there now. Paul Green. Paul hey, Green. I I love that at the uh, at the A1 Football Factory. Yep. Uh, the picture. I know what you're going to say, are you? I know <laughs> what you're going to. Say. I've been to I've been to some of the kids' birthday parties at here. Is it something to do about an appearance against a certain Argentinian? There is something fantastic about seeing this banner of Paul Green chasing after Leo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you yeah. know, fair, fair enough because there's not there's not many can say they've shared a pitch with Messi. No. And I, I assume there's not going to be many moments when Leo Messi is chasing back to nick it off Paul Green. <laughs> so it's probably the fact, that, the fact that you're saying that sentence in itself just <laughs> I've uh, just looked at Paul Green's international years and the thing that's really weird with him is that there's a lot of these players that I've like had half a thought about and they got called up a lot before they got to Leeds or something and then still got called up while they were at Leeds but it was because they were sort of grandmothered in hmm. whereas Paul Green like he only played for Republic of Ireland for four years, and two of those years were the years he were at Leeds. Yep. He got a European Championship in there as well. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. But yeah, it's like it, it, I, I, I have obviously a, a slight interest in the Irish national team, and 
When really, you see... Mr. Con Cannon. Yeah, you're the father. <laughs> like I say, you, 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 you look at him and you just think, he was shy. I'm sorry, he, he was just shy, wasn't he? Right, I'm going to throw out a name for, from a similar era and I, I still don't know where he ranked for us in terms of ability. Because we were somewhat obsessed with Rodolf Austin when he first arrived. Mostly because he seemed to have the willingness to shoot from 45 yards for no particular reason. And absolutely flew into a tackle. And I don't know if it's just because we were so poor as a team and he was an average player that we went, oh, bloody hell, he's, he's good. And then when we signed some vaguely all right centre mid, you kind of went, eh, I don't know. Because you had the I... era of, of I, I'm trying to remember who it was on the square, it was Amo on the square, on the square ball, talking about staying up till about three in the morning to watch Austin playing international games and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and I bear no ill will towards him, but I, I, I just sort of look back now and just think, I don't think he was that good. I think it was in a time where, like you say, we, we were just crap, weren't we? The, the seasons would be done by October and we'd just kind of coast it out and just forget, yeah, sod it. And I think we just like made most of the small mercies, really. <laughs> it were... Yeah, I think you could be onto something. I mean, me having the football style I had when I played, I thought it was fucking fantastic. I, I love someone who likes to tackle. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all about that. But yeah, it won't, it won't fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean that era was it was uh, an interesting one, obviously. Because you got, uh, and I assumed he'd sort well. His international career was done, but obviously you get Juve comes in and he has his yeah. soldier. I'm going to say he had his international breaks, but uh, mostly for funerals. Yeah, international funerals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he only shows up for the big ones. Go on, Connor. Do you have anyone else for us, Connor? I have just thought oh, of one, yeah. and it's weird because he, he did get called up before he came to us. And he also got called up in his first season with us, which was fine. But then Diego Uente got called up for Spain at his <laughs> worst, at least. <laughs> you know, like the, the bad Diego Uente. And he got in the team for Spain. Yeah, it... like, if, as much as they have had you know, better generations of players and stuff, if Rudy Austin was getting called up while he wasn't playing great, it was Jamaica. This is for Spain. <laughs> and he's getting called up while not playing well in elite Steve that's shipping goals at the bottom of the Premier League. It, it shows how far Spain have dropped. Um, I say how far they've dropped, you know, but you know, where they've come from to where they are now. When you're looking at Chuffin Diego Lorente, who's let's face it, his legs are made of fucking glass as they are. Um, yeah, it, um. Yeah, it's not good. No. Most it's... other ones I can think of are like smaller nations, so it, it's not as... Like, it's, it'd be harsh to say, oh, they were terrible but got called up. I, I mean, don't know. I think I think it still qualifies. If it, 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 With the best world, if you're from 
fucking San Marino. If you're playing at a decent level, supposedly, and you're shy, I, I, I think it still deserves it. I say go for it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw Rocky Jr. in there. Uh, for obvious reasons, but you know, but then you have got the argument of he won a World Cup and a Champions League. Yeah, not but, Lee, granted. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell I'm you, love to say if he, he, won if he was still getting called if he was still getting called up, Mikaverinen. And I'm I think sure he that... was and for so. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's got. I've just looked now. He's got 64 caps, and it's some before and so and. It goes through his time at Leeds, so I'm guessing he was still getting called up the whole time, and I never saw him have a good game. No. Um, I'm going to go back to the um, to the Irish theme again. Darren O'D. Oh. Oh, was he getting in the Ireland team? He was in the Ireland team, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that might be the strongest shout yet. Darren O'D. What Darren a, O'D, yeah. What player. a fucking god-awful centre-half he was. Fucking god-awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's just... I mean, this this conversation makes me gutter that um, you know around 2011, Argentina didn't have a, a left back problem and have to sniff around Federico Bassoni. But Jesus Christ, uh, oh, Federico Bassoni! I, I forgot he existed. Fuck me! It, it just got progressively I mean, worse. Just, uh, my apologies. I'll have to go on mute. My two year old just walked in the room. One sec. Ah, oh, fair enough. Casey, okay, so we'll just bang on about um, about how shite Fede Bassoni was. Apparently, so, though, apparently, though, he came through at uh, Barcelona, apparently. But so did oh, Becchio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, just looking at someone who I thought had got international caps, but I'm not entirely sure they actually do, Is uh, was Shane Lowry from his loan. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I absolutely hated him. Hated him. There were a lot of players around that period who came in on loan. I, I tell you what, again, someone to make their England debut after Leeds yeah. uh, I, I don't think I've ever rated is Jake Livermore. Christ, yeah, we had him on loan first year back in Championship, didn't we? Yeah, Jake Livermore subbed off Jesus. two, three half times in a row. Something daft like that, one day. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd never rated him and then never saw a right lot in him in the Premier League with probably West Brom at that point and yeah. in and out at Spurs. And he's got some England caps. I just thought, like, how? At, how least, at least I don't think Livermore got them while he was here. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> after, after those, like. But um, also as well, and I know we all kind of liked him at the time because I think, again, we were kind of clinging on to... If someone had a little bit of flair about them, you know, and they could trap a ball, there'd be there were sorts of talent, I think, around this time. But 2011, 2012, Ramon Nunes. Oh, yeah, I think you're right because I liked Ramon Nunes. Yeah, we all did. I remember us all saying he's a good player. I think it is just because of what was around there at the time. But I mean, with it being Honduras, he will have been getting in that side. Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. Um, going back a little bit further, two for you now. Danny Hay and Jacob Burns. Well, J- Jacob Burns is up there for my least favourite <laughs> <laughs> I've ever seen in a Leeds United shirt. So <laughs> I've just uh, on that subject, fuck Paul Ockham as well. Oh, <laughs> Paul Ockham. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> 
<laughs> and Terry Venables for bringing Parlock on. Yeah. Um, Danny Hay, I always find a, a funny one because I can only assume during that time he was making international appearances because he was probably the best known New Zealand footballer. Yeah. And he wasn't even playing. <laughs> but he would get on the bench sometimes for Leeds. Yeah. Ergo, he must be all right. Uh, I'll tell you who's, who's another one, but I, the truth is, I can't remember how bad he was at Leeds, but he will have still been getting picked internationally. I think Hayden Fox. Jesus Christ! Yeah, Hayden. The year we went down to League One. Yeah, but the truth is, that's the season that I saw the least of Leeds. Just various reasons that I couldn't get to games and stuff like that. Pits a good so, year, missing all fairness. Yeah, so like when I um. I remember him. I remember people slating him, but I didn't actually see that much of it to know how shit he was. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it was just. I think it was just. It, it summed up that season. I think did that uh, lad. It won. Yeah, it, it was shite. Let's just be. <laughs> let's just call a spade a spade. It was shite. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, we've missed out a glaring one as well. Sweden. Ah. Uh... Uh, it's, it's before it's, it's before my time. I'm gonna say it's before your time, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, I I had the unfortunate fucking displeasure of having to watch that fat bastard just try and lumber his way around field. Um, yeah, we had him. Um, if, if if we're gonna base it on his international career, and I never rated him at Leeds. And I, I, I don't know if he got the call up whilst he went Leeds. I'm not 100%. But I'm going to say Carlton Palmer. Um, I'm fairly sure that he will have got called up while he was at Leeds. But again, I don't remember. He, he was awful. Really. And I know there's some people that will probably Oh, no, I've just checked. His, his last cap was 93. I thought that it had nah. been 94. Nah, but yeah, nah. he didn't get one while at Leeds. I, I thought that there would have been... Before we have, you know, the first few months at Leeds, it has still been in there, but now, <laughs> like around that era of, of England, is is honestly, I, I would happily do an episode of this podcast where we pick the England Euro '92 squad hmm. because the fact we were champions going into that, and our total. Uh, you know, input in that squad was David Batty sometimes played right back. Yeah, it is absolutely criminal. Yeah, yeah. um, I, I mean, I've, I've one of the things, and I'm saying this of someone I've barely actually seen play, but obviously from watching a lot of like season review videos, how Rod Wallace didn't get like eight England caps, I don't know. No, I'm not saying he should have been your first choice striker or anything, but. The fact that man doesn't play for England is is scandalous. When you see and all that, you know, further down the line, Darius Fassell got the amount of England caps that he got. Your argument's valid. Yeah, there's there's been in in Eve's, if he'd have had the exact same career ten years later, he'd have got caps. Oh yeah, definitely. Sven had given him five. He loved calling up an outsider. Did Sven, didn't he? Yeah. Especially a forward that could play wide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
Just um, on the subject of Rod Wallace, he's currently the reserve team coach at Epsom, and, and I'm guessing that's pronounced Ewell because it's spelt like Jason Ewell. Yeah, fair enough. Who, uh, I, I, be- I believe it uh, was uh, is part of the coaching staff at Bristol City. Who's this? It's J- uh, Jason Ewell with Craig Fleming. Craig Fleming, man. Yeah, that, that, ca- that came up on the commentary and it answered the question I hadn't asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, did I don't know if he ever got a call up whilst they were at Lee, or whether he's had one at all. Did Mike Greller get up? I don't no. think he did. I don't, I don't think he's got caps. I always wanted him to. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking here and I can't. No, he never got him. You I see, I but if you would have said that he was one of the worst, I'd have been taking you to task and slagging you because I love Mike Greller. <laughs> I, I, I think he was much better than he got credit for. That doesn't mean he was as good as Beckford or <laughs> I think he was a better player than he got credit for Mike Greller. I, 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 a lot. Speaking of strikers that were, you know, shite at Leeds, I think I mentioned it to you earlier, Jack. Caleb Eckebam. Serie A stalwart. Yeah, Caleb Eckerman. I'm putting it out there because him him and Bamford up front pressing together. Uh, I'll tell you what, he is back. He is back to Legion. He's doing it at a higher level, but he is back to a Legion United lead the line, run well, try hard. He's got three goals in 46 games for Genoa. Ah, that's Caleb Eckerman. I always knew it'd come well. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw KC, but uh, did you see the mental end to the AC Milan game at the weekend? I did not know. Uh, Mike Mannion got sent off to AC Milan, so Giroud had to go in goal. And then the Genoa keeper also got sent off in stoppage time. So both teams had an outfield player in goal at the same time. Oh, wow. Oh, no, actually, no, Genoa did. They'd only made four subs. They did get to bring the subkeeper on. But uh, the reason Mike Mannion was sent off was for running out of his goal to win a header and in the process, clean V-trigger knee to the jaw on Caleb Ekuban. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, I suppose at this point, and I don't, it's probably not something we've spoken about, at least for a while, is it, kind of our relationship with international football at this point. Because obviously, Connie, again, you, can't, you have your leanings towards the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. I... I think I'm very much in the camp of I don't really give a shit about England up until a tournament starts and then I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's we're, it's we're like, very like, much it's very glory supporter-ish. We're like Ryan Giggs. We're not interested in shite, but you know, for the big games, we'll be there. Like like honestly, like these games are an inconvenience. Yep. And and, and I will not go out of my way to watch an England qualifying game. I I don't even know who we're playing. I couldn't tell you. No. No. Um, Isn't there another one in November as well? I think so, yeah. Are these qualifiers or is this Nations League? I honestly, I I will have a look, but I honestly have no idea. (laughs) Again, this this very much sums up our relationship with international football at the moment. Um, I I suppose now. Well, well, one of them must be a friendly because it's Australia. (laughs) Ah, Uh, No, it's like a Eurovision thing. I think they're they're just entering for the year. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's on the Friday night, and then we play Italy at home on the Tuesday. Nah, and then, right. and then in November, home to Malta, away at North Macedonia. I 
three international breaks in by the time we what by the time the Premier League will be about 13 games into the season, 12 maybe. Yeah, and then Jurgen Klopp will be furious that they have that 12:30 kickoff again. Yeah. Um I believe I, they do as well. <laughs> it's always them. It's always them. It's like this conspiracy. Um I, I, I think there was some joy to watching England generally when Calvin was getting picked and playing yeah. for us. Yeah. Um but with him leaving and also by knowledge of he's not playing nearly enough to be in that squad, but that's a, <laughs> a different issue. I just, yeah, I, I just go off it so quickly. Um, I'm not obviously on the, uh, the, the scout side of things of being anti England, as, as I know it can be in parts over there, but I just don't give a shit until we get to the tournament or until we're being that bad that we're not going to qualify. And then, then I'll happily join a pylon. Yeah, that's the only way to make the, qualifi- the qualification interesting is to do it badly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> because, because again, like I don't, I don't get any joy from us beating San Marino 8-0. No. But I'll happily get annoyed that we only beat them 3-0. But, but this is the thing, though... When we go through these qualifying campaigns or we play these friendlies or whatever else, that for me, that they'll beat San Marino or some other shite like Liechtenstein. It's some real crap. And then, but the bang on about them then, and you think, these are these are millionaire high-end professional footballers. They should be beating these teams by this amount. There's a bare minimum that... You know they're not even full time players after that, and I just, I just, I find it hard to get behind because everyone, but like you say, if they have a bad result, they're the worst team ever. Yeah, if they have a good result against a fucking mediocre team, that they're going to win World Cup, and you just think, come yeah. on, give it, give it a break. You know, it, it is, it is just stupid because with club football, we don't get like that. So to end this podcast, are we all on board HMS Pisfer League? That might we are. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's not changing. <laughs> no, mate, we conceded a goal from a corner. Fuck her out. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm really sorry now. Just to add a quick one in here now, just uh, a couple of names um, that I've just looked up now. Um, if you want to have a little guess at it, I'm open to it. So they both played at the African Cup of Nations in 2004. So the, relega- the first relegation year from the Premier League. Solomon Solomon Alembe, that is not that is one of them for Cameroon. And uh say Ulala Sezu. No, he was French, wasn't he? He was French. And I think he got one cap for France. Jesus. I want to say. Was uh, Lamine Sacco there? You have got Lamine Sacco. He did was he, there with Senegal and Alembe. Did, did he get called up while playing for Leeds? Yes. Then he's right up at the top of the list. He has got to apart from his debut against Newcastle when he made Woodgate look average. Yeah. And then after that, but yeah, fucking Solomon Alemba and Lamin Sacco. Yeah, I forgot Lamin Sacco existed. I hated him. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't after the first game, after the Newcastle game, I thought, yeah, got 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 a player here. Then yeah, that quickly. I think I hated him more because of that game. Yeah, because he showed that he could do it. Yeah, if it had just been dreadful the entire time, yeah. I'd have probably just thought, well, he's shit. 
Yeah, like, I don't hate point. Cyril Shapway. No, I don't, I don't think he. I don't think he was trying to be shit. He just was. Yeah. I've just found out from looking because I was looking at Cyril Shapway's Wikipedia at that moment, and uh, that's the first I've realised he wasn't Swiss. Oh, French, aren't they? What French? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I don't know why I got it in my head. He was Swiss. Well, so we, got, we got Stefan yeah. Shapwisat. That's you know. what I was going to say. It is because you think it's Stefan Shapwisat. Uh, he did have nine under twenty-one caps for France, though. Um, so, so there is that. Um, no, I mean, obviously, obviously sort of the, the talent of of that era was was fantastic. Teddy Lucic might have got a a couple of caps yeah, while he was it. with us. I didn't I mind. Teddy him, though. I thought Teddy Lucic would all right. Oh yeah, he, it it would obviously get much worse. Did Stephen Caldwell get a call up for Scotland when he was with us? Only assume so. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's gotta be up there because God Almighty, he was poor. Yeah, he was bad. Oh, if someone's already looked at Teddy Lucic, if then stay out of it. But I don't believe Connie has. Connie, how many Sweden caps do you think Teddy Lucic got? Oh, I'm gonna be generous, and I'm gonna say. 36. Be more generous. Go, never. Go on. <laughs> uh, well, like, I'm just, I can't believe it myself. He got 86 caps. Hey. Jesus. His, his debut for Sweden was 1995. He played for Sweden for 11 years. Uh, that's, that's just, yeah. It's not often I'm speechless, but yeah, that's got me as that. I, if Teddy Lucic can get 85 caps for fucking Sweden, how have we not got England B caps when we were younger? Yeah, and more importantly, he also has an IMDB page. Jesus. Uh, most of it for football-related things, but he also played himself in a in a series called Gomeron. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think I can add out old more to this now. Yeah, you're not, you're not topping that. that. No, yeah. I've got, no I've, this, I've this is something that I just didn't think of, but uh, Michael Brown just put in the comments when we're just when we're on about teams having a wobble, Leicester will have a few players go to AFCON in January. I haven't yeah. thought of that, but yeah, that like indeedy and a couple of others might go, and that that may be when they do have the wobble. Hopefully, let's hope they have a wobble. Uh, but yeah, that will do us for episode 235 at Mike White's podcast. Uh, we will probably be back back end of next week, unless unless some weird major news happens. There's no point in doing one in between because no one's going to happen. So, back end of week when we're a bit nearer to knowing what the team might be and stuff because it's Norwich and it first came back, yeah, and that'll be a big one. So, uh, as you can probably hear, there is a child after my attention. <laughs> so, uh, I've been Jack. See you, I'm in case you have a good one. And I think on it.